This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. In 2009, Glenn Kurtz stumbled across some old family films in a closet in his parents' house in Florida. One of these had been shot by his grandfather more than 70 years earlier on a vacation in Europe. It turned out to include footage of his grandfather's hometown in Poland taken in 1938. Kurtz was haunted by the faces in the film, and he looked at how lively and happy the children looked, with no inkling of the catastrophe that was about to overtake them. He then set out to restore the film and find out as much as he could about the people in it. Based on this journey, he has written a book called in three, called Three Minutes in Poland, Discovering a Lost World in 1938 Family Film. He'll be talking about this at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center on Wednesday, the 5th of August at 7 p.m. He joins me now to tell me more. Glenn, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thanks so much for having me. Glenn, in 1938, there were approximately 3,000 Jews living in the town in Poland. Um, that is what was captured by that kind of life is what was captured by your grandfather. What did you see in that film? Well, you know, my grandfather was a was a very amateur filmmaker. In fact, I believe that this was the very first film he he had ever taken. Um, and so the camera is sort of shakes and and moves around very quickly. And but in some way that adds to the liveliness of the scene. You have to imagine what it must have been like for a people in a small town in Poland, uh, you know, which wasn't going to be getting tourists or anything like that, for a group of Americans suddenly to arrive. So there's just absolute commotion in the town square. There's hundreds of people. The children are all pushing in front and trying to stick their faces in the camera and wave. And you can, even though it's a silent film, you can tell that there's just, there's lots of shouting and pointing. People are, you know, running from different parts of town to, uh, to participate in this, in this event. Um, and then, yeah, the, the film itself is only three minutes long, um, the Polish section. Um, but my grandparents were there almost certainly for at very least several hours. So it's a very condensed view of their visit. There are these scenes in the marketplace where the children are, you know, shouting and waving. There's uh, a scene, uh, there must have been some kind of a service at the synagogue, um, in honor most likely of, of these visitors. And you see hundreds of people exiting the synagogue afterwards. You see people walking around town. You see uh, uh, visits with a couple of, of uh, groups of people. Um, so you know it's a it's a compact and in many ways very enigmatic um, uh, summary, I guess, of the visit that they that they had in uh, over the course of these several hours. And obviously, what life was like before what was about to happen, and you were haunted by the faces of these children specifically, Glenn. Absolutely. You know, when, when there's nothing bad in the film, it's, it's a perfectly joyous film, but anybody today looking at it knows what the people in the film can't possibly know. And that is how, how terribly brief their future was going to be and how violent an end they were going to, to meet. So it's absolutely haunting to see all of these young people and see this whole community um, excited by what seems like a big event for them. And yet for us to know what 
what's going to happen within within just a, a year. My grandparents were there in August of 1938, and the war, of course, began. The invasion of Poland began in September of 1939, so just one year later. Glenn, there were, uh, we started by saying there were around 3,000 Jews living in the town. After the war, there were fewer than 100 of them still alive. You set out to find who these people were and what happened to their lives. Can you tell me more? Absolutely. When I, when I first saw the film, um, you know, it had been something that had been in my family. Um, and I, and my father was quite ill at the time, um, and actually died shortly afterwards. And, and so I, I inherited it. And I think that for me, that was such a powerful and painful and emotionally significant fact. And I thought, well, I've inherited this, this record of the past. And because I understood that, that these people in the film had suffered um, such an extraordinary fate. I, I felt responsible to them. I thought for many of these people, this might in fact be the only record of their, of their existence, almost certainly the only moving imagery of them and possibly the only photographs of them. So I felt a tremendous responsibility to understand who they were. And I mean, the funny thing with film is that it's always very, very specific. Um, you know, it's always a picture of someone, some place at some particular time. But unless you know who that person is and where it was and when it was, it becomes very, very general. It's like, oh, a boy standing in the marketplace in Poland. And, and I wanted to be able, because the film is so specific, to tell the specific story of the people who were in it. And that meant learning individuals' names and learning the individual fates. I mean, we know as a collective what their fate was, but to try to understand what happened to, to them individually was was the goal that I set for myself. And, and of course, I knew almost nothing about this film. I didn't even know the name of the town when I found it. So it was quite a, quite a challenge to, to try to fulfill that, that goal. Glenn, it's a, um, I'm sure all the details in the book on how you eventually found someone, but you found someone who was one of the 13 year old boys at the time. What was that like? Oh, it's one of the most amazing experiences of my life. Um, so many things about this story happened by, by chance in a, an almost eerie way. So as I, as I said, I didn't know the name of the town. And when I asked my, my aunt, um, she told me it was my grandmother's hometown, so a completely different town in a completely different part of Poland. And so I spent six months trying to search and and confirm that this was really the case. Eventually, I learned that it wasn't that town, and I thought, well, maybe it's my grandfather's town rather than my grandmother's. And uh, I wasn't able to find a survivor or anybody who could confirm for me what we see in the film. Eventually, I determined it by comparing um, an image of the synagogue that appears in the film with a photograph that I found in an archive in Israel. And that allowed me to confirm that I knew what town it was. But still, finding someone who could tell me about it was was a tremendous challenge. And it happened out of the blue. Um, I had donated the original film to the United States Holocaust Memorial Museum in Washington, D.C., and they had spent tremendous effort and resources to have it digitized. And it was available online. And two years after I had donated it, I had been searching and kind of had reached a dead end. 
out of the blue, I got an email from a young woman in Detroit who had seen the film online. And in one of those scenes where the camera pans across this crowd of children jumping and waving, she recognized a face. And it was her grandfather as a 13-year-old boy. And extraordinarily, he's still alive. He's, he's still alive. He's now 95 years old. And he became my guide to this town and to the imagery in the film and to the stories of the lives of the people who, um, who appear in the film. Glenn, from the time that you found the film to the, the publishing of your book, how long a process was that? Uh, it took about four years. Um, and as I say, it took about, uh, it was two years during which all I did was archival work because I was unable to, to locate, um, living survivors. But then after I met, um, this man, Mr. Mr. Chandler, um, who became my guide, then things got very, very intense for another two years. Um, I interviewed him, uh, for many, many, many hours and ultimately through his uh, recollections and my research, we were able to find seven additional survivors still still living. Um, and so I traveled around, really around the world, um, to, to meet them and interview them and to show them the film and to capture their responses to seeing this town that they, that they thought they would never see again and to see these people whom they thought they would never see again. So it was it was an absolutely extraordinary experience. Um, and the most intense period of it uh, was about two years. The emotional impact of that film on the survivors must have been incredible. Were you there when they watched it? For many of them, yes. Um, so for Mr. Chandler, the the sort of center the center of the story, this young this man who was there as a 13-year-old boy. Um, I wasn't with him when he watched it for the first time, although I spoke to him literally minutes after he had finished watching it for the first time. And, and you know, the first thing that he said to me was, you've given me back my childhood. And, you know, it gives me goosebumps now to even, to even repeat that, um, you know, for someone who had lost their whole family, um, and not only their family, their immediate family, but their extended family, the aunts, the uncles, the cousins, and not only their extended family, but their whole town, and not only their whole town, but the whole culture in which that life made sense, for all of that to have been lost, and then to be in a position to offer them this little glimpse back into the life of the town, before all of that was destroyed. I mean, it was, that's an extraordinary gift for me to be in a position to give to them. And, and so with several of the other survivors, I was with them when I showed it to them for the first time. And yeah, it, you know, it's a moment of very mixed emotion, as you can imagine. There's a joy in seeing it and the joy itself brings back the pain of the loss. And the pain of the loss brings back the sort of love that you feel for the people. So it's it's everything mixed up all at once. Glenn, you are going to be talking about your book at the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center on Wednesday, the 5th of August at 7 p.m. Obviously, you are based in New York, so it is going to be a webinar. What can people expect from that evening? Well, of course, I'll show the film 
um, and uh, talk a bit about how it came to be and the um, circumstances under which I found it and began to research it. And then, yeah, I'll share um, some of the research that I did and some of the insights that the survivors provided and the ways in which the information from one person connected up with with things that someone else might remember and this sort of network of recollection and documents that evolved over over the course of, of a couple of years that allowed me ultimately to tell, yeah, the kind of specific story about individuals that I had dreamed at the beginning that I might be able to tell. So uh, those watching need to be prepared for an emotional roller coaster. Uh, Glenn, so um, the good news is the webinar is open to anybody and everybody, but you do need to book. Um, so anybody who would like to join, please be in touch with the Johannesburg Holocaust and Genocide Center. And Glenn will be talking on Wednesday, the 5th of August. Glenn, um, thank you so much for joining me and good luck for the talk. Thank you so much and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, that was Glenn Kurtz, who is the author of the book Three Minutes in Poland, Discovering a Lost World in a 1938 Family Film.